Tonight, the Philippines logs more than 7,000 new COVID-19 cases on Friday, its highest number recorded in a single day. Philippine vaccine czar Carlito Galvez expresses concern over a proposal to reallocate vaccines from the provinces to Metro Manila and other COVID hotspots in the Philippines. And tensions rise between U.S. President Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin. Tony Velasquez. On our broadcast tonight, the Philippines hits a single day record high of new COVID-19 cases. As infections surge, authorities reverse a recent decision which allowed cinemas and other leisure venues to reopen two weeks ago. Zen Hernandez has tonight's top story. More than a year into the pandemic, the Philippines records its highest single day increase in COVID-19 cases. Health officials on Friday reported over 7,000 new infections, raising the country's tally to 648,000. More than 73,000 of the total cases are active. It's a second consecutive day, cases exceeded 5,000, and the eighth straight day of more than 4,000 cases. Edson Guido, head of the ABS-CBN News Data Analytics team says, these are trends we have not seen since the start of the pandemic. Eclipse the 6,900 plus cases mm. reported on August 10 last year. Yeah. And now um, I think it's also important to highlight a major difference between those two figures, that, um, the one that we saw in August and also the one that we're seeing now. Actually, um, the daily tally that was reported in August last year was pushed higher because it was still a mix of fresh and late cases, if you remember that um, classification introduced by DOH. But now almost all of the cases that are reported are fresh. He adds, the daily positivity rate, or the percentage of all COVID-19 tests performed that are actually positive, is more than double the World Health Organization's benchmark. The World Health Organization benchmark is a 5% positivity rate for two weeks. And because um, what we're seeing now is um, as of the latest is as of March 17, it's a 14.5% positivity rate, which is the highest since April 22 last year. WHO country representative Rabindra Abeyasinghe meanwhile says vaccine optimism could be one of the reasons why cases are rising. The fact that the arrival of the vaccines and the optimism uh, that the vaccines brought have resulted in a decreased compliance with the public health measures. The Okta research group suggests to government what it calls a hard GCQ or general community quarantine. This includes discouraged social gatherings and indoor dining and a more significant work from home setup for industries that can implement it. For workers who are still required to work outside, a quarantine pass will be required and mass transportation should be available.
The Interagency Task Force has reversed a previous decision to open driving schools, cinemas, game arcades, libraries, archives, museums, cultural centers, and indoor tourist attractions. But the shutdown will only be for a period of two weeks. Parang gusto lang natin na magkakataon na magkaroon ng time out. Ano? Uh, break muna tayo. Parang uh, tulong na rin po natin sa nangyayari sa atin ngayon. Capacities of dine-in restaurants, cafes, and personal care services like salons will also be limited to a maximum of 50% after previously being allowed to operate above 50, a big blow to those industries. Pag bumama yung sales natin, uh, yun nga, syempre magbabawasan naman tayo ng tao. Yung araw ng trabaho mo, magbabawasan din po yung natin. As more businesses close and more Filipinos lose their jobs, the government says there are no immediate plans to revert to the strictest quarantine category. Alam po natin na as a last resort, uh, pwede tayo mag-increase ng quarantine classification pero napakadami na nga po nagugutom kaya kinakailangan eh, buksan natin hanggang maaari ang uh, ating ekonomiya. Zen Hernandez, ABS-CBN News. Philippine health officials are considering whether to divert unused COVID vaccines from provinces with low COVID cases to areas experiencing a surge in infections. But local government officials and the head of the Philippines' vaccine procurement efforts dispute the wisdom of such a move. Bianca Dava reports. Health Secretary Francisco Duque III said they are studying proposals to recall and redistribute COVID-19 vaccines from provinces with low infection rates to high-risk areas or those hit hard by the fresh virus surge. Duque identified the National Capital Region, Calabarzon, Central Luzon, Central Visayas and the Cordillera Administrative Region as having a high number of COVID-19 cases. Ito'y hihiramin lang, hindi naman yung babawiin at mawawalan sila. Saka ngayon ginagawa lang naman natin para makatulong na makompleto na natin ang bakunahan ng ating priority group A. Duque said some hospitals in the provinces reported a low vaccine turnout. Thus, realigning the vaccine supply would prevent wastage. May mga ospital na mababa uptake, okay? Una-una, hindi naman ito sa pilitan. No? Uh, voluntary. Yung mga iba, ayaw pa. So, hindi naman pwedeng magantay tayo ng matagal. Masasayang naman ang bakuna, di ba? Lalo na, AstraZeneca, uh, expiry period, uh, May 31. So, parang tatlong buwan. Less than three months. So, maganda na paggamit. But the League of Provinces of the Philippines is not keen on the proposed vaccine redeployment. Kailangan din namin yung bakuna. Uh, kung talaga hindi nagagamitin, di tanong lang yung mga LGUs if they want to return their vaccines. Kasi iba-iba yung mga sitwasyon ng mga provinces. Kung kunti lang naman yung binigay na supply. Eh. So uh, palagay ko kulang pa, kulang na kulang pa yun. The Union of Local Authorities of the Philippines said, should the government decide to redeploy the vaccines, this should only be done within regions. It also makes it easier for logistical handling, di ba? Kaysa that that they're involved from, halimbawa, yung natira ay galing sa Visayas at nandadali mo natin sa Metro Manila. But yes, reallocation within regions, I think is okay. 
as long as it's science-based and uh, data-driven. Vaccine czar Secretary Carlito Galvez Jr. also cautions against redeploying the vaccines, saying the plan should be discussed first with the National Immunization Technical Advisory Group. Meanwhile, President Duterte has approved the recommendation to use all 525,600 doses of the AstraZeneca vaccines donated by the COVAX facility for the first dose vaccinations of medical frontliners. memorandum, ang ating executive secretary, and I will quote. Please pre-inform that the President has approved the request to utilize all on-hand COVAX-donated AstraZeneca vaccine doses as first-dose vaccination in order to protect a large, larger number of frontline healthcare workers in areas witnessing increased transmission. Bianca Dava, ABS-CBN News. New efforts in the Philippines to secure more COVID vaccines. Millions will be supplied by the U.S. drug firm Moderna. Another possible source, Russia's Gamaleya Institute, whose Sputnik V vaccine is now allowed for emergency use in the Philippines. The details from Pia Gutierrez. The Philippines will soon start negotiations to secure millions of doses of Russia's Sputnik V vaccine by April. This after the Food and Drug Administration approved the emergency use of the vaccine here in the Philippines. Sputnik V is the fourth COVID-19 vaccine to receive an EUA here in the Philippines after Pfizer, AstraZeneca and Sinovac. Magkakaroon tayo ng uh, order for April na 3 million. So nagagawa na po ako ng, ano, ng parang uh, warning request to DOH na mag-prepare po ng uh, more or less 1.5 billion para po doon sa tinatawag natin sa, sa, ano, sa 3 million po na dosage ng uh, uh, Gamalaya Sputnik V. The Philippine government and the private sector also secured 20 million doses of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccines after signing a tripartite agreement with the U.S. drug maker. Under the agreement, the government procured 13 million Moderna doses, while private firms will receive the other 7 million jabs for their frontline workers. Enrique Rezon, chairman of ICTSI, represented the private sector in the signing. His company will handle logistics for the Moderna order, including those purchased by the government. It's still not clear when the vaccines will arrive. Senator Panfilo Lacson has questioned the lack of COVID-19 vaccines in the country, despite more than 100 billion pesos worth of international loans. As I said, the biggest challenge is, nasaan yung bakuna? As Secretary Dominguez, uh, and uh, they, he should be commended, uh, the uh, Department of uh, Finance has smartly anticipated the crowding and the possible crowding. Kaya maaga pa, nag-book na sila ng mga loans. He uh, was announcing that we have the money. Mm -mm. We have the money. Uh, all the government has to do is to look for the vaccines. But Galvez explains the problem is due to the global supply of vaccines, a big percentage of which, he says, was already cornered by wealthy countries. Kahit may pera po tayo, kahit na may pera po tayo na pambili, Hindi po tayo makakuha kasi ang ano po, karakadalasan po, kung makapagkaroon man tayo ng, ano, ng negosasyon, uh, magiging available din po yun mga third quarter, fourth quarter. Kahit po na talagang kalkalin natin yung lupa, wala po tayo makukuha ng vaccine. Dahil kasi po talagang yung, ano po, yung supply ang problema po natin. Pia Gutierrez, ABS-CBN News.
Russian leader Vladimir Putin challenges U.S. President Biden to a live online discussion after Biden called him a killer. Biden's remark was made during an interview in which he said Putin would pay for alleged meddling in the 2020 U.S. presidential elections. When asked about what Biden called him, the Russian leader had this to say. You know, I remember in my childhood when we argued in the courtyard, we used to say, it takes one to know one. And that's not a coincidence, not just a children's saying or joke. It has a deep psychological meaning. The White House says it is uncertain whether Putin's request for a public talk would be entertained. It also says Biden does not regret calling Putin a killer. And it's not going to take off. Lawmakers in the U.S. pass a measure that would open doors to citizenship and grant protection to young immigrants. We have this report. The bill is passed. The U.S. House of Representatives on Thursday passed a measure that would allow so-called dreamers who came to the United States illegally as children a path to citizenship. Many have spent most of their lives in the United States and have been educated in U.S. schools. The Dreamers bill would also help a separate group of immigrants who came from countries that were devastated by civil wars and natural disasters and had qualified for temporary protections in the United States. A second measure that passed would shield about one million immigrant farm workers from deportation with the eventual goal of also granting them citizenship. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. We are making a very big difference in how we respect the beautiful diversity of America. The legislation is the latest move by Democrats to try and reverse former President Donald Trump's hardline policies. But it also coincides with Democratic President Joe Biden's efforts to contain the number of migrants arriving at the U.S.-Mexico border, many of whom are fleeing dangerous conditions in Central America. On the House floor Thursday, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, a Republican, tried to change the subject away from dreamers and to the surge of migrants at the border. Mr. Speaker, the responsibility for this crisis rests squarely on the shoulders of President Biden. Democratic Congresswoman Veronica Escobar of Texas hit back, accusing McCarthy of using her district as a prop for political purposes when he visited a migrant facility earlier this week. We are here today, my colleagues, to talk about our dreamers, the precious resource that we have in our country. But of course, unfortunately, what we are hearing is as much fear-mongering as possible by our Republican colleagues about immigrants. The southwest border situation hardened Republican opposition to helping dreamers, around 1.8 million young immigrants, many of whom made a perilous journey as children to escape gang violence in Honduras, Guatemala and El Salvador. But the House proposals face an uphill battle in the Senate. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell said the bills would exacerbate problems at the border, giving them a slim chance of survival in the Senate, where a supermajority of at least 60 of 100 members are needed for most legislation to advance. Our final word tonight is a quote from George Bernard Shaw. There is always danger for those who are afraid. And that is The World Tonight, the 19th of March, 2021. I'm Tony Velasquez. From the Philippines, thank you. Mabuhay.